Welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. I am Daniel Lazar, the faculty advisor to the John F. Kennedy School's Ideas Club, and I am here with five stellar students, four of whom are currently at JFK and one of whom is an alumnus. So, Moss, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Moss is a 12th grader. Jacob used to go to JFK. He used to be the host of this podcast. Jacob Reuter, welcome back. Thanks, good to be back. James, a ninth grader and the student council president on the American side. Hi, James. Hey. Ophelia, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here. And last and definitely least, Josie. Oh my God. <laughs> Josie's in 11th grade. She is also uh, one of the many great contributors to the most recent edition of the JFKS Ideas Journal, which we will link to in the show notes here and you can get at our website. Josie wrote about bilingualism at JFK and the ways in which we do it well and the ways in which we could do it better. So I would suggest that you read that because Josie is awesome and she is here with us today. And I'm excited to have her and I'm excited to have all of you here to discuss what I'm loosely calling some not-so-hypothetical scenarios that one might encounter if they go to school at JFK or if they're a teacher at JFK. We're going to try to get through several of these scenarios, the first of which isn't hypothetical at all. It happened to me, and um, I want you to think about hypothetically what you would do if it happened to you. So true story. This is just a couple of months ago. Um, it was three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm going to meet my daughter at the bear, the bear now with swastikas on it, but it didn't have swastikas then. I'm going to meet my fifth grader at the bear, which as we know is right by the basketball courts, right? And so I'm walking from the blue building, you can picture it, right? Up those like three or four stairs and I'm going to see my kid and I see my kid, we lock eyes and a kid had taken kind of like a, a bad shot, like hit the bottom of the rim and bounced off. And a kid of Asian descent said to the kid who shot it, who was an African-American girl, Afro-German girl, I'm not sure, but a kid uh, of African descent. And the Asian kid said to this black girl, oh my God, that, that was the worst shot I've ever seen. I thought your people were better at that. And my heart dropped and I almost like ran to go like save this girl. And then as if like, that's my job, right? Like white savior. <laughs> but before I could say anything or before I could even think of like what I should say in this circumstance, uh, she barked back at her friend who's Asian. She's like, yeah, I thought that Asians were good at math, but I saw the score on your last math quiz. In fact, your last two math quizzes and I didn't say anything. And then they both literally laughed and fist bumped and I just stood there with like my jaw on the ground. And my instinct was to sort of like step in to, to, to interrupt the, the scenario. I, I wanted to say something. I, I wanted to just like let them know that like there are kids around. I wanted to let them know that this is a K through 12 school. I wanted to let them know that their sense of humor might not be everyone else's sense of humor. I wanted to say something. I wasn't sure if it was my place to say something. It was on school grounds. It was after school was over. I don't know if that matters. I just, I really didn't know what to do. And what I did was um, nothing. 
uh, three or four days later, we discussed this very question, this very problem in an ideas meeting. We're going to discuss it here today. I'm curious, first of all, if you think I should have said something. I'm also curious if you think I must have said something. Should I have something? Am I obliged to have said something? And if I'm not obliged to have said something, would it have been prudent of me to say something? And if it would have been prudent of me to say something like, what would that have been? And then I want to think, well, what if it wasn't me? Like, um, what if it's a student in this scenario and not a teacher? So I see we have some interest in this. I'm very fortunate for your interest. Moss, tell me. Um, I think you could say something, but you don't have to. And if you did say something um, as long, because I think it was clear that it was just ribbing between friends, right? Mm. yeah mm. yeah okay okay <laughs> um i don't know i mean you, you can never really know the situations with just from one conversation like it could have that could have just been how they like teased each other which uh-huh. there are thoughts on that which uh-huh aren't great but i think you had to handle that situation especially the influence that this conversation could have on kids overhearing it is telling them to keep that humor like within um, like close circles, maybe not as open with it, like where other people can also be influenced because they might not be offended by it, but other people could still, of course, internalize whatever is said. And there's a certain amount maybe of awareness they should have that maybe it doesn't offend the other person, but it could still someone else that overhears it is it then your position that i should have said something along those lines hmm. i i don't know okay <laughs> I, I i'm okay with that ophelia i think what makes it so difficult is that had you said something you would not have gotten through to those like to yeah. those friends and they would have just laughed you off as well hold on let me That's pause you there you're saying that there's nothing I could have said. There's no language. There's no tone that could have influenced them to speak more sensitively. That's not what I mean. I just think that in that scenario, you walking up, interrupting their basketball game and saying, hey, I don't like the way that you guys joke is not going to, I personally think is not going to do anything. But there are obviously other things you can do um, as well as just regardless of if you can influence these two people, um, you can start young. You can say, okay, well, I'm with my fifth grade daughter. I don't want her to be influenced by these types of jokes. So you go to the fifth grade. Is your you position then that I should have said something and that something has to do with the fact that there's young years around? I think that in that very specific scenario, no, you should have maybe talked to your daughter had she heard it or uh-huh. you know something like that. I also think that um, it's important to make like clear people up in this case, maybe clear up your daughter, clear up um, younger grades, any of that, because um, while these two friends might be totally okay, probably aren't racists and probably, you know, I I don't want to, you know, jump to conclusions. While these two people are okay with those types of jokes, 
they are not at all representatives of the black community, of the Asian community, of people of color, of whatever. You, it's it's dangerous because if someone overhears this, they're like, oh, okay, I can joke with my uh-huh. black friends about this, and that's like definitely a line you shouldn't cross. So if you ask me, like, okay, should you have said something? What should you have said? I don't know if you could have said something in that moment to change something in that moment. But if one of the people would have looked offended, would have been hurt, if someone in that scenario would have been hurt, then I understand saying something. Okay, just to put a pin in that real quick and allow more people to discuss it. I don't necessarily think it's a safe assumption that nobody was hurt in that scenario. I don't buy that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't think it's a safe assumption that because there weren't any tears or whatever, that nobody was hurt. James. I think you didn't have to say something. It would have been certainly legitimate and understandable to say something, sort of an appeal to not using this sort of language not because of the effect it had on um, the two of them, but on people surrounding with, you know, the fact that there are young kids. And obviously it's very different if these two say something than if, say, a white fifth grader picks that up and then goes to, like, their black friend when they're playing basketball and is like, I thought your people were good at this. Then it crosses the line. I think you can appeal to that. I think that in terms of... Hold on, let me stop you there. Because this is the third person in a row who's like, well, but we got to worry about the kids. Okay, what if this was, you know, a 9 through 12 school? Yeah. Isn't there still a case that maybe I should have said something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Valid case? I think so. Jacob, you say no. If it's a 9 through 12 school, there's no case for saying something. I think there's always a case to be made for most things. Um, I think there are valid arguments to say that, okay, you could have intervened. I'm, but I will say with high likelihood, um, especially given that it was a, a situation you weren't prepared for, had you said something, the potential for harm would have been greater than you not saying anything. Okay, what if I had envisioned this whole scenario in my head the day before, which wouldn't be so hard for me to do. And let's say I said the right thing. Let's say Lazar actually like you know, was empathic and peaceful and kind and I wasn't being punitive and I was just having it. I'm like, it begins with, listen, I just witnessed you two making racial jokes at each other and at each other's expense. I'm glad that you're friends and I know that you're friends and I'm not, there's no punishment here. I just want you to know that that makes me really uncomfortable and it makes me concerned that it might make other people uncomfortable. And I'm not going to tell you not to do it. It's not my position necessarily to tell you like what you can and can't say. I just want you to know that it's possible that I'm not the only person within earshot who finds that type of humor unwelcoming to some members of our community. And I just want you to bear that in mind. And I'm just going to leave it there. I hope you all have a great day. I'm sorry to interrupt your basketball game. And it was just me and the two of them quietly doing that, not having a scene caused. Who here at this table, by show of hand, thinks that that would have been the best move? (laughs) 
half of half of two of you. So so one of you total. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, I think um, your positionality plays into this a little bit as a your role as a teacher. I know you said we don't want to focus on the kids, and I think that's fair. Uh, but regardless of whether it's a K through 12 or 9 through 12 or whatever school, it's a public space. And as a teacher, and I know it was after school hours, but as a teacher, you're sort of also the caretaker of that public space. Yes. Uh, trying to keep the water still. Yes. That That's the best argument I can think of for saying something. But then it would be more about containing the discourse that they were having rather than breaking it up on their personal level, right? Like what they say in their private spaces, they you don't really have a role in. But um, you say, hey, I'm a caretaker of this public space and I don't think this sort of language is welcome here. I think that would have been appropriate. Well, but it's also in that I care about the people who attend this school, all of them. And I want that space to be safe for everyone. And I don't assume that everyone else is going to brush it off as like an innocent joke because I see how slippery this slope can be, right? Let's pivot a little bit because I don't want to make this all about me. I introduced the podcast and all of a sudden I made it about, about me. It's like most bizarre <laughs> thing ever. Okay, what if you're a student? You know, maybe you're not the caretakers or the stewards of the institution, but, but you are. Everyone has their role. Who here by show of hand, that's good radio right there, who here by show of hand <laughs> thinks that a student should feel compelled to gently and kindly try to interrupt this language and gently move it in a more empathic direction? Show of hand. We have... Three of you think that it's not the space of the teacher to do so, but students, or you, okay. So you're not so sure that a teacher should do so, but you think that students should, if they can like bring themselves to find the right words at that moment, they should, they should engage and interrupt. Josie, I see you agonizing. You're looking up, you're looking left, you're looking right. I'm going to hope that I can point to here, what's going on in that beautiful brain of yours? Well, I think it's really difficult because I think anytime that kind of language is used, it's, um, it's promoting it, whether it's in a joking way or not. And I think that's very dangerous um, because like we've been talking about, it can like spread to uh, people who might take that and not understand the full context of it. I could be totally wrong here, but I think maybe people would be more receptive if it came from within the student body rather than a teacher, because I think although there are definitely times where people of authority can be very helpful in um, helping sort out situations and um, dealing with like hard issues at school between students, I think that especially when you're just joking and you're kind of outside with your friends, I think like a comment from someone that you're close to can make much more of an impact than from just some like random teacher who happened to have overheard the conversation. All right, so if you're a student and you're listening to this podcast, Josie thinks that you should step up. James. I think in particular, if you think about what can actually make a difference, I think that one, in my mind, the only thing that I think would really change um, the behavior of these people is if you had a student who was black or who was Asian who said, hey, this affects me. And that requires a sort of vulnerability that not everyone's willing to show. And so I don't want to tell people that they should do that. But if we're thinking about like logistically what is going to make a difference and what, who, is in a, who is in a position where it's unquestionable that they have a right to speak up there, 
I think that's that's where it's most clear cut. Okay, let's change this not so hypothetical scenario just a little bit. Let's say the whole story goes as you heard it, but the African American girl, the Afro German girl, sorry, I just don't know her background. She didn't say anything back. She just said maybe, ah, shut up. Or she just kind of walked off and like hung out with her friends. In that scenario, does anyone feel that the teachers or the students should be that much more obliged? All of you are nodding yes. So as long as the racist remarks go both ways, everyone here is okay. But if someone seems to walk away and not make a racial remark in response, okay, I see. I see where this is going, Jacob. I see where you're coming from with this. I think it's more about the tone of the conversation rather than exchanging racial remarks because the fact that there was sort of shots fired backwards implies to me that this was a sort of bantering. Now, we can disagree with the uh, methodology of the bantering, <laughs> and I, and I, um, but it shows, to, it, to me, it's from the outside perspective, it seems like there's more of a power balance there yeah. rather than one person kicking the other. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's harder to discern a clear victim, whereas in the hypothetical you just described, I think there, there seems to be a clear victim at least. Obviously, there's still no way to know for sure, but uh, that's that would be, I think, a reasonable assumption. Okay, so we wanted to do a number of these hypothetical scenarios over the course of this podcast. Let's stay on sort of a, a theme, a theme of like race and racism. As some of you might know, there was a student at our school a couple of years ago. It was their first semester at the school. They were on probation. They got caught drawing a swastika and other uh, anti-Semitic racist um, symbols in the bathroom stall, uh, they got removed from the school because they were on probation, which may or may not have been the right move. Uh, who here by show of hands think that, thinks that that kid should have been removed for drawing swastikas on the bathroom stall? Five out of five of you think that he should have been removed. As all of you know, there are probably a dozen swastikas that are poorly covered up on Romero Brito, the big colorful bear, the entrance to the school. I don't know who did it. I don't assume that it's someone from our school, but there are a dozen swastikas there. What if it turns out that it is a 10th grader at our school or an 11th grader or whatever, a high school kid who's been at the school for a long time, not a kid on probation, who here thinks that kid should be barred from JFK? They shouldn't be allowed to come back. Also, all five of you. Well, let's hear it. Because on one hand, you know, uh, it, having that kid at the school makes our school feel and be less safe. On the other hand, having your friends close and your enemies closer is, is sometimes a good thing. And also having our school teach that kid. Like we are an educational institution. And what you're saying is, well, we're not going to educate this kid. What goes into your thinking about expelling this student for their racist symbols, Ophelia? Well, I think... The position of the swastika is a big um, factor in kicking this kid out of JFK because I think I think a swastika is bad and illegal, by the way, in 
all cases, also in a school bathroom, also as a tiny drawing on a desk, also whatever. But it was intentionally placed on an like one of the most public places on our school campus because you see the bear, you see it every time you walk in. It's a huge, colorful monument and um, putting a huge or a couple of huge swastikas on there is an intentional um, it's an intentional choice. And so I think like the fact that that type of fear mongering, it's more than like, oh, let me be scandalous and edgy and put a swastika in the bathroom that's a sign and i think sending a sign like that is terrifying and having a kid no less in our school who is sending signs like that i think is too far out of what we can do as a school and so i definitely agree with rehabilitate and teach them and especially if it's a kid they have time to grow and learn but I personally, and I'm not even Jewish, would not necessarily feel comfortable having someone who's that far over the line be in the same school as I am. James. So I'd just like to reference um, the rally we held. Um, I don't know if maybe maybe some of you were there, but uh, the last Friday before school ended, we held, student council and a group of students held a rally against anti-Semitism. Um, and you did so in front of the bear with on, the swastikas poorly yeah. painted over, like trying to reclaim that space. This was the Friday before we went off to Christmas break. Yes, Thank exactly. you. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Um, well, I don't want to say you're welcome because the reason we did it is because we were approached by a group of students, um, me and the, the other person who was involved in this, on Tuesday. And having heard their stories, and some of these I referenced there, this has had a significant impact. There have been students who have felt unsafe and have wanted to stay home from school. Numerous students. Yeah. I mean, as a you know, teacher of you know, Jewish background, I've had two students come up to me like very openly saying, like, I don't really feel safe here. Like it happened one kid said, it like happened overnight. They said, like literally yesterday. Like, I was pretty much okay with Jewish jokes. Yeah. Jewish kid. And now I don't even feel safe here. And I'm going to honor that feeling. And so you all feel that for these reasons, this kid should be kicked out. No one here wants to argue the contrary. What about the kid, and this is not hypothetical, either, who two years ago posted uh, anti-Semitic symbols in their WhatsApp chat. Kids been at the school for long enough to know better. Again, show of hands, terrible for radio. Who thinks that kid should be expelled from the school? Two of you. Again, listener, we're kind of going to go through a number of these scenarios, some of which are more hypothetical than others. What if hypothetically a student 11th grader First hour, black t-shirt, big, bold, white font, white lives matter. Should this student be allowed to wear their white lives matter shirt at JFK? There's five of you here who says, yes, they should be allowed to wear it. No teacher tells them to get it. 
two of you thinks they should be allowed to wear it and who says they should not be allowed to wear it. Three of you, although a little more reticently, well, I know that we want to have free speech. I know that we're all very concerned about dress codes. A couple of years ago, Jacob and his podcast crew did a, a, an episode. You could check it out on dress codes and where the limits should be. We're as evenly divided as five people can be on whether or not a kid could wear a White Lives Matter t-shirt. So give it to me. Jacob, you're in the pro position. You're about to battle your sibling in the con <laughs> position. So let's hear it for it first, Jacob Reuter. Okay, I'll try to keep it very short um, because I think it goes without saying for all of us that like none of us want a kid to wear a White Lives Matter t-shirt. I think all of us find that reprehensible. Uh, in the case of being allowed, though, I think school should be a place for uh, self-expression politically. I think uh, provocative clothing like that politically should uh, spark conversations. And I think once we get into the realm of banning certain clothing with certain political messages. Well, I've seen many shirts back in my time in JFKS making a, you know, sort of comedic communist jokes and all that. And then it's a slippery slope of what do we ban? What do we keep? Uh, I might not like it. I definitely don't like it. In the case of the White Lives Matter t-shirt, I think they should be allowed to wear it and uh, start a conversation like that. As the guy who endorsed the Lex Friedman podcast in the last episode, I'm not surprised to find that you are a bit of a free speech absolutist, but your sister disagrees. Well, I'm hesitant to pick either side because I definitely agree. And I think that once we censor things just because we don't agree with them, it starts being like this, oh, well, what we're doing, our ide ideologies are correct and others aren't. Wait, did you just switch positions? I did not. I'm explaining <laughs> why I'm on the fence. <laughs> and um, that being said, I think context is very important and I think the issue with the dress code um, is that it's hard to find someone who's objective who can make the decision on what we censor. So I definitely agree there. And that's why I'm on the fence. But I also know that if for the majority of students, this would really impede on feeling safe in our school, I would consider at least having that conversation of wouldn't you consider maybe taking the shirt off. So is your position then that a teacher or an administrator should speak to this person, say, would you please consider throwing a hoodie on over that or changing shirts? Is that your position? Yeah, Suggestion, I guess. but mm -hmm. not forced. Yeah. Okay. So we have a free speech absolutist. We have someone on the fence who thinks administrators should make suggestions about attire. Does anyone think that this student should simply not be able to wear a White Lives Matters t-shirt? Um, my instinct is to say not to let them wear it, but I also totally um, get the issue with censorship because like both of you said beforehand, where do you draw the line? Like who decides what you can and cannot censor? But also White Lives Matter, the saying was in direct response to Black Lives Matter, which was to fight police brutality. And it just seems, I don't know, it just seems like such, an, such a wrong <laughs> shirt to wear to school. It, I don't know, it, I think it all comes back to the censorship issue. What about, a, what about an ACAB shirt, A-C-A-B, all cops are bastards? Prejudicial? Clearly prejudicial. Mm. You have no problem with an ACAB shirt. No, I do not have a problem with an ACAB shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there's the, I don't know, I see the issue with telling a kid to take off or to change um, 
their white lives matter shirt fall so i couldn't just allow i don't see how anyone could allow a kid to continue wearing that shirt when it is clearly offensive pivot a little bit again we didn't get to the bottom of this issue we had some interesting discussion about it the, the goal is to get through a number of these scenarios less offensive to some not others girl shows up to school short shorts and the bikini top or how about just a full bikini girl shows up in a bikini who here thinks that girl should be able to be able to wear her string bikini to school one um, two I... two two and two half. of you three of you three and of half. you three of you are pro bikini two of you are and a uh, half. two <laughs> i'm on the fence i'm I you're on so, the fence. I, I don't know i don't know so three of you think that a girl should be able to wear a bikini Three and a half of you think a girl should be able to wear a bikini. Jacob, you do not think the girl should be able to wear a bikini. White lives matter, okay. But a bikini is too disruptive for you. Um, I think there's a line at some point that is crossed where sexual harassment begins. I'm thinking what if a, uh, a male student comes in the uh, Borat swimsuit? I would not be okay with that. Uh-huh. Um, that was my next question. Was it, was it really? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a mankini. Um, so yes, for me, I think I'm, but hold on, but that's not sexual harassment. Well, I think it totally could be though. If a guy is wearing a mankini, I would, I would consider that sexual harassment in a public space, like a school. Cause I got to go to school. It's compulsory. And that, you know, I mean, I don't have to, but yeah, you graduated. It, let's be clear. This isn't, that's not sexual harassment. I mean, it might be unappealing to your eye or, or not, but I mean, it's... it's well, but it's in, indecent exposure is sexual harassment, though. Is it indecent? No, that's not indecent exposure. It might be inappropriate, but it's not indecent exposure, legally speaking. They could wear that to the beach. They could wear that in the park. I'm not making a case for wearing a mankini. Lord knows I won't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm simply saying your argumentation here is, is, is wanting. And since you already graduated, I'm, I'm going to be a bully and push a little bit. What are you trying to say? Well, I think, so to be honest, I, I'm not qualified enough to talk about the legality of it. Right. Um, but I will say that I'm I think... i either, to be clear. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, um, so we can, we can, I think we can have a, a judicial argument about what is indecent exposure and whether there's different regulations for the beach. Um, I think it's context specific. So here's the thing. When you go to the beach, there's certain expectations for what you get, to, what you see, which is, uh, you know, people in less, uh, you know, or more revealing clothing specifically made for swimming. Whereas in school, which is a compulsory activity, you have to go to school. Yeah. Um, there's certain expectations. There's a certain like overton window of what you would expect to see there. And I'm already pushing that pretty far liberal. I think people should be able to wear very revealing clothing. But I think a bikini is just an extreme that I'm not willing to tolerate. Okay. Josie. I think the issue that I take with a lot of the, like, wearing bikinis or wearing revealing clothing is that oftentimes, especially in terms of dress codes, um, it's very centered around girls and what they're wearing. And I think a big issue there is intention because I think what a lot of people think when they see someone in a bikini or someone in revealing clothing especially when it comes to girls or at least from what I've heard is that they assume that they are trying to attract someone and I think that that mindset is kind of like a huge issue because um, you don't know whether that's just something they feel comfortable in and that's something they just like enjoy wearing because it makes them feel good about themselves, not trying to like attract anyone else, not trying to distract anyone else, just trying to like be themselves and like express themselves in a way. And I feel like in terms of that, maybe I'm going against what I said earlier about the White Lives Matter shirt, but um, I do think that like, especially because it has 
more of an impact on one sex generally more than the other, I think that's like an important thing to take into account. Okay, Ophelia, I see you want to say something, but I want to remind you that we're going to try to get through as many of these as possible. You actually brought this up, Ophelia, so I'm going to honor that. Should a student be able to wear a t-shirt that bears the slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free? It's a slogan which some would argue is uh, genocidal in intent. Others would argue that it is anti-Semitic in its framing. Who here by show of hand thinks that a student should be able to wear that t-shirt to school? Two of you. Three of you. Who thinks that a student should not be allowed to wear that? Zero. So three and two undecideds. Yeah. James, uh, you believe that a student should be allowed to wear a t-shirt that says from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Yes, I do. And I think it's actually very similar to the White Lives Matter t-shirt. It's a message I completely disagree with. I think because it can be considered a dog whistle in the same way White Lives Matter can be considered a dog whistle. Mm -hmm. I think if we are going to say we don't want to get into the business of distinguishing between these really controversial political slogans that can be argued as discriminatory but aren't extremely clear-cut, I think we have to apply that policy consistently. Okay, let me ask you this. What if the guiding principle is students feeling safe or teachers feeling safe for that matter how does that play into your thinking or anyone else's thinking here i'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to i'm not taking a position here i'm saying that students would likely feel very uncomfortable there would be disruption. I think a bikini also could be disruptive as a mankini could be disruptive. If the principle is a safe space for all, what then, Ophelia? I think for the main part, I want to go back to like the issue of context. I mean, right now with the war going on and a lot of anti-Semitism happening in Berlin in JFK honestly it's very it's difficult I'm very much leaning towards saying oh you know what just don't let them wear that because as you said it makes people feel genuinely unsafe but I think um and this is again I'm like flip-flopping every time these questions are asked because I just can't decide but yeah, it's are. like um it's okay though <laughs> I respect it you're thinking through the problem very seriously I think especially with the war going on and if this is the way that the discussion is sparked about like what does this phrase mean where did it come from what does hamas stand for what does palestine stand for what does israel stand for all these things if that's how the discussion is sparked then i'm in favor of that because i want that discussion to happen because i want people to interpret the news they're hearing and not just say this many people were killed by them this many people were held hostage by them but i think it's difficult it's with the context it's hard. It is hard. He, you know what was hard for me 
listeners should know that right before we, record, we recorded this podcast, I learned from the people at this table that it is common, you use the word common, for boys, I presume it was boys, to say no homo a lot, that they, that they, yeah. that they high five yeah. each other, they yes. handshake each other, and then they say no homo. Am I correct? Show your hand if you say this is common, this is common. So most of you, all of you say this is common, that people are saying no homo. So I did not know this. I have another hypothetical scenario. Again, not so hypothetical. Let's say I'm walking down the hall, stack of books in one hand, cup of coffee in the other, just typical Lazar stumbling through the hallways. And I catch two ninth graders, two ninth grade boys, James, maybe they're in your class. They walk up to each other. They do that weird thing where they try to make their like handshake as loud as humanly possible. That's a thing now. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And then they, they, they shake hands and they go, yeah, no homo. Yeah, no homo. And I walk past that. Should I say something? Yes or no? Again, terrible for radio, show of hands, Lazar, be couth, be cool, don't be a bully, but say something. Who says, Lazar, say something? Yeah. Two and a half of you, who says, Lazar, not your business, walk by. Walk on by, Lazar. Half of one of you. <laughs> okay, what about students? So all of you told me, and this is where I'm going to push a little bit, all of you told me that you've witnessed this. You said, it, in fact, it was common. Who here has said something? Three of you, four of you have said something. Five of you, Jacob, you're not there. Jacob, did people know homo when you were at school? You graduated two, three, or three years ago. Yeah, my memory's fading. This is a. Uh, you are getting old. I am getting <laughs> old. I remember this uh, definitely being a thing around middle school. I, I don't, I, especially in my circles, starting in like ninth, tenth grade. I don't think that was really ever present anymore. Okay, Moss, you've seen this and you've said something. Mm -hmm. Yes. How'd that go for you? Um, they get defensive and I don't do well in confrontation. pressure in confrontation. So I kind of stumble over my, over my words, but they get defensive very quickly. Um, and they say, we're just joking. It's just joking. It's just, just a joke. They say jokes. they're not homophobic. Yeah. I try to explain how it's still kind, even if, if they did not have any homophobic intent, there's like the implication of using it is still bad. Um, yeah. but do you have like those like think, Monday morning quarterback things that you like wish you could have said this or that and yeah. you walked away from it and then like for the next two weeks you're like, oh, I wish yeah. I would have said this. And <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Um, James, you've borne witness to a number of your classmates, friends, maybe even no homo. You've, you've confronted it. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I've done it every time. I think sort of the, the progression I've gone through is when I was younger, I'd be pretty like explicit about it i'd be like that's that's homophobic yeah. don't say that yeah you get made fun of you get called gay um then for a while there were times when i didn't say anything not particularly proud of that sort of what what i do now and i think what the more this is sort of like the best i've seen guys in my grade do unfortunately is you just sort of you you use the normal language you're like bro chill with the like chill Chill okay. with the homophobia. It's like it's not funny. 
bro yeah. to bro to bro, bro a little bro to bro talking yeah. you, you no, have to bro like, it up when yeah, you do it okay well yeah but no you can't be like um brothers you know, brothers listen <laughs> you definitely can't say that no okay. but it, it is you aren't going to get through to them as much if you're like actually that's um really discriminatory language they can foster an unwelcoming environment which is true no <laughs> one's going to listen to that what you can say is like chill with the homophobia you aren't funny Okay, so you have to confront it that way. How many do we make it through? We wanted four. to get through like... Is that four? What? No, come on. No, because <laughs> no, you added on two, little three, questions four, as five, we went. Six, but like... seven, eight. That was eight oh. hypothetical scenarios. Okay. Some of them were related. Like they were sort of like different okay. conundrums okay. under like dress codes. Because I do think white lives matter is like a different issue maybe from a bikini. Yeah. I kind yes. of feel like it is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it isn't necessarily different from from the river to the sea. Maybe we should call this the um, White Lives Matter Mankini edition of the podcast. <laughs> sure. That might get a couple oh, clicks, boy. huh? <laughs> Not afraid of a little clickbait. All right. Thank you all for this yeah. conversation. I'm very grateful for it. I think we got into it. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed the conversation. You know, you're welcome to, to reach out to us, ideas at jfksberlin.org, if you want to tell us that we're all misguided fools and that we're all being too sensitive and that we got it all wrong and none of this matters and why are we being so woke and go ahead like we welcome all of your hate mail please (laughs) and thank you but most importantly um, we're grateful for your listenership if you support again always go to buymeacoffee.com slash jfcast ideas and if we didn't mention this in the lead up to our conversation it so happens that bunch of these hypothetical scenarios are published in our newest journal the jfks report card edition of the ideas journal which i'll link to in this show notes josie writes in it james writes in it ophelia writes in it uh jacob graduated like nine years ago moth you didn't write for this edition i did not write for this edition. so much for the bff necklace i bought you <laughs> thank you all bye bye, bye.